You're listening to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols. Support for this project is provided by listeners like you. Visit my website at p3photographers.net for ideas on how you too can become a supporter of the project. Welcome to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols, the podcast where we celebrate early women artisan photographers. I'm your host, Lee McIntyre. Today we'll hear about misfortune, mystery, and serendipity as I give you some follow-ups on people I mentioned in passing in the Eva B. Strayer episode. For more information about any of the women discussed in today's episode, visit my website at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. Today I'm going to follow up on a few of those people that I mentioned in passing in the Eva B. Strayer episode. Our stories today involve a little misfortune, quite a bit of mystery, and a dash of serendipity to round it all out. First, I want to talk a little bit about the partners in that Strayer Day and Fally studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I ran across a 1913 yearbook ad for that studio. That was actually the first thing I saw. And it said that it was being run by the Mrs. Strayer Day and Fally. In other words, three unmarried women, all who would use the title Miss. That was pretty exciting to find. And when I found the Martinsburg City directories, I figured, great, this is going to list who the partners were in that firm. The partners were listed as Eva B. Strayer, Lloyd A. Day, and Marguerite L. Fowley. Okay, well, before we get to Lloyd A. Day, let me just talk about Marguerite L. Fowley. Ms. Fowley's story was easier to figure out in some ways because it's also quite sad. As it turned out, she'd had health problems for years. She was from Wabash, Indiana, and I suspect that maybe that's how she knew Eva B. Strayer because that was near where Eva grew up. But at some point around 1913, she moves east and she's running a studio with several other women. And then she has health problems that had plagued her all her life. She returns to Indiana, gets treatment, thinks she's cured, travels back east to visit her brother in Massachusetts, gets off the train and falls ill and dies. I know this because her death was such a cause celeb back in Wabash, Indiana in 1917 that it's written up in several newspapers. She's only age 33 when she dies, but this may be why the Strayer Day and Fowley studio ended. But that leaves Lloyd A. Day as that third partner. And as I said, in the 1913 yearbook ad for that studio, it says that it was being run by three women. So I looked in the Martinsburg City Directory expecting to find a woman connected with Lloyd A. Day, like a sister or a cousin or somebody, but I didn't find anybody else named Day in that directory. All three of the partners, Strayer Day and Fowley, all three of them board in the same rooming house, so maybe they're all women and Lloyd is just a, a woman using a man's name. Remember, we saw that in Lowell already where Miss M. Frank Kimball had a name that was usually a man's name, and Serge Duclos also had a name that was more typically a man's name. Lloyd A. Day could conceivably be a woman. But then again, boarding houses weren't necessarily segregated. Also in Lowell, we discovered Miss Castilia Smith met Moses Emerson when they were residing in the same boarding house. So I can't guarantee that Lloyd A. Day was a woman living in that boarding house. 
The curious thing about Lloyd A. Day, though, is that I can't find any information about anyone by that name. I mean, not in the Ancestry.com, in the census records, in any other directories. It's only those two mentions in 1913 and 1915 in Martinsburg, where Lloyd A. Day is a partner in the Strayer Day and Fowley firm. It's a real puzzle, just a bit of a mystery. Now, another bit of a mystery is when we turn to that pictorialist exhibit in Huntington, Indiana, that was sponsored by Eva B. Strayer and Nettie Overmeyer. The two photographers whose work was being shown in that exhibit were Harriet A. Stover and Sprague Bishop. Now, it was an exhibit of the Indiana sand dunes. Those sand dunes are in northern Indiana, but both of the photographers are described as being from South Bend, Indiana. You might recall that Eva B. Strayer and Nettie Obermeyer were actually living in South Bend before they moved to Huntington to start the studio there. So the fact that they had a connection to photographers in South Bend is not that much of a mystery. And Miss Harriet A. Stover, well, she's described as a South Bend artist and photographer and is in the directories as being a photographer there in South Bend. So, okay, she's not a mystery. But it's the other photographer who did that work, a person named Sprague Bishop. Sprague Bishop, I thought, well, that's a really kind of unique name. Sprague Bishop is not going to be that hard to find. But the only Sprague Bishop I found who was really in the right time period for be doing pictorialist-style photography, which started in the United States in the 1890s, but the only Sprague Bishop I found was a prominent businessman in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Well, okay, Eva B. Strayer had that connection to Martinsburg, West Virginia, so that's not so far-fetched. Except that Sprague Bishop died in 1900 of typhoid fever, 23 years before this exhibit. So how to explain Sprague Bishop having pictorialist-style photos of the Indiana sand dunes available for exhibit in 1923 when he died in 1900, well, that's a bit of a puzzle. It turns out there was a photographer named Lloyd C. Bishop who lived in South Bend, Indiana, who was a contemporary of Eva B. Strayer. So I started to wonder, well, maybe Lloyd and Sprague were relatives, and Sprague was really like a talented amateur photographer. He's visiting his cousin Lloyd one year in the late 1890s. They go up to the sand dunes, they take the photos, Spray goes back to Martinsburg, West Virginia, where he dies. Years later, when there's a big push to try to make the sand dunes in Indiana into a state park so it'll be protected, well, that prompts the exhibit there in Huntington. And Lloyd says, oh, I've got these great photos that my you know, cousin Sprague took years ago. And they decide to put those in the exhibit as well. See, I'm just kind of making that story up because I have no connection that I can prove between Lloyd C. Bishop and Sprague Bishop. It is intriguing to ponder who Sprague Bishop was and how his photos wound up in that exhibit in 1923. Okay, the next update uh, is on a woman named Miss Lillian Haney, someone I mentioned that Eva B. Strayer and Eddie Obermeyer traveled to photography conventions with. The only mystery with her is whether or not she was ever a professional photographer, because she's listed in 1930 census as being a photographer at home. But before that, starting in the 1890s, she works first as a postmistress and also as a millinery shop owner in Mount Etna, a town not too far from Huntington. She does go off to the photographer's conventions quite a bit, and the puzzling thing is in 1910, she goes off to the Southern School of Photography in McMinnville, Tennessee. 
Now, that's a place that really deserves its own little extra episode sometime here on the podcast because it's where people would go and take a course of training and then go off and become a professional photographer. But Lillian Haney never seems to actually become a professional photographer. After she goes to the photography school in McMinnville, she teaches in the McMinnville Public Schools. Then she returns to Indiana, and she's very active in the church and with various missionary trips, including one to Mexico at one point. As I said, it's intriguing that she gets the training that I've seen a lot of men and women get in this time period in the early 20th century when they're wanting to launch their own artisan photography studios. But Lillian Haney seems like she's more of a dedicated amateur, really not that interested in running a studio herself. Finally today, I want to tell you a little bit about a woman named Miss Belinda Daniels. Now, Miss Daniels was also not an artisan woman photographer per se, since she doesn't run a studio as far as I can tell. She's mainly the teacher of photography at the School for the Deaf in Jacksonville, Illinois. But she comes up in context with Eva B. Strayer because there's a notice in the paper in 1928 that the two of them are traveling back together from the National Photographers Convention in Louisville, Kentucky. In the notice, it says that Miss Daniels spends a weekend with Eva B. Strayer before traveling on to her home in Jacksonville, Illinois. I actually found Miss Daniels and that notice because I was looking for one of the first women artisan photographers that had caught my eye, Margaret DeMott Brown. Now, I did a podcast episode about her earlier. She was a photography teacher at the School for the Deaf in Jacksonville, Illinois, until 1918, when she inherits a bunch of money and is able to pursue her dream of opening a studio, which she does in Poughkeepsie, New York. But because I was looking for her and trying to find out more about her and her time in Jacksonville, I was looking for that phrase, photography teacher at the School for the Deaf in Jacksonville, Illinois, and that's what led me to this notice about Belinda Daniels visiting Eva B. Strayer. And it's that notice that actually led me to Eva B. Strayer, because prior to that, I hadn't any idea that there were women running photography studios in Huntington, Indiana. So that's where that bit of serendipity comes in that I mentioned at the beginning today, because to me, it was just serendipitous to run across this notice that led me not just to Belinda Daniels, but also to Eva B. Strayer and Nettie Overmeyer and their wonderful story in Huntington. And then also next week's story, the woman who preceded Eva, the woman named Miss Iva M. Roach. More about Iva Roach and her extraordinary adventures on the next episode. Stay tuned. So in the episode notes, I'll put a list of all the names that I've mentioned today and the studios and the places that they were. These are people that didn't start with any photos that I found, more just mentions of them in passing as I was doing the research for Eva B. Strayer or, as I mentioned, Margaret DeMott Brown. If you happen to have any more information about any of the people I've mentioned, particularly if there's any information about the Strayer Day and Fally studio, if you have any examples of their work, or even just more information about who Lloyd A. Day was, or when it comes to the Huntington Exhibition in 1923, the work by Harriet Stover and Sprague Bishop, the beautiful pictorialist images of the Indiana Sand Dunes, I would love to be able to pass that along to the listeners of this podcast. As usual, all the episode notes will be on my website at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. Also, I'll post any updates on my Facebook page, at facebook.com slash p3photographers. That's it for today's extra episode. 
Thanks for stopping by. Until next time, I'm Lee, and this is Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols. <laughs>